pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are the nation's favourite video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. How's your week been, Simon? Who knows? Can't remember. Um, I t- I'll tell you what, uh, I've, I have had quite a productive day though. Um, we we bought a new microwave uh, uh, late last year, you know, yes, mm-hmm. showing off. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, since we've had it, uh, it's been... Uh, when it completes its task, it beeps for 30 seconds and it's been really annoying me and my wife. This morning, I decided to do something about it. Really? Uh, what did so you that's do? done now. Did you get out the manual? How did you approach ha- this? I hacked it. That's what, <laughs> that, that's, that's what I told my wife. But actually what I did was get out the manual and change it. But it's been on my mind for months. And anyway, and, and so I did it and that set me up for the day. That's good. What time did you do that? About seven o'clock in the morning after that I is... microwaved my... My daughter's porridge. That's a really good time to do something like that because then, you know, you don't feel like you have to do anything the rest of the day. End of the day, exactly. comes, you're like, what did I do today? Well, recorded One Life Left. That was a disaster, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Fix the microwave. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, so that was what I achieved. What about you? I've had a busy week. I finished a game for the first time. Finished? I, actually, I mean that in two different ways. I completed work on... Uh, the prototype of a video game I've been working on for uh, the last four weeks. So that was exciting. Um, and um, I also finished a video game that I can talk about in the review section, a game that I haven't mentioned before. So wow, that's coming up later in the show. Look at that. I'll tell you what else is coming up later in the show, Steve. What is coming up later in the show? Surprise me, Simon. <laughs> well, we're on a roll with our guests. And uh, you, know, <laughs> how, you, you asked the question, how do you follow Dominic Diamond? Uh, what well, what you do is you is you is you let the show settle for a week mm. and just go back to the normal old old men rambling. Of course, uh, and, and then you mix it up the week later by getting an expert in to audit One Life Left's Discord channel. <laughs> okay. Sorry, and actually, I should tell you, it's not a Discord channel, is it? It's a Discord server. So keep on listening, and you too. <laughs> 
we'll find out what it is that all the all the kids are talking about now uh, when they talk about Discord. That is super exciting. Well, our Discord link will be in the show notes. Uh, it'll be on Twitter as well. So if you want to join and debrief on that, um, then please do. Well, let me tell you, Steve Curran, you'll have wished that you'd have done some of that stuff before this order happened. <laughs> okay? Okay, good. Well, I'm very, uh, so, very excited so, to hear this. So uh, when you say you finished your game, have you this game that you're writing? So uh, I've been working on it with uh, a friend, well, a couple of friends, really. Um, and uh, the first stage of that was to produce a demo to see whether the game is functional, right? What they call in the industry uh, a vertical slice. And that is done. Um, I mean, <laughs> you know, there are flaws with it in so much as I've been doing the art. So <laughs> that's, a, that's that's the first major flaw. But yeah, it's done and it works and it's really, really fun. Uh, like genuinely. So the, the next stage is to work out what what we do with that and find some way of completing it um, and then releasing it. But that's genuinely, genuinely exciting. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, so if you are a listener to One Life Left and you're interested in publishing a puzzle game, let me know by emailing team at onelifeleft.com. I am, I am pleased that you haven't actually finished it, though, because that would make a mockery of all <laughs> of Ubisoft and Sony and the years that they take to make their games, wouldn't it? Well, more importantly, it would make a mockery of your microwave work in the morning, wouldn't it? <laughs> Don't want to do that. Um, shall we get on with the news? Let's get on with the news. Simon, I have done some prep this week and I've found some news stories. Have you? I have, yeah. You've, got, you've been a busy bee, haven't you? I know. Prepping, I know. finishing games. Uh, do you want to go first then? All right, I will. And the, the big news story for me this week is that Amazon has cancelled its Lord of the Rings game. Uh, picking this up off VG247, reported by Stephanie Nunnally. Um, Amazon has cancelled its Lord of the Rings game due to a dispute with Chinese company Tencent, according to a Bloomberg report. There it is, second paragraph. Uh, the online RPG based on Lord of the Rings is no longer in development. The game had been in development with Amazon Game Studios alongside the China-based Leiu Technology Holding Limited since 2019. But they were purchased by Tencent in December... Uh, and that meant there had to be some contract negotiations. Those have fallen through between Amazon and Tencent, and that means the game has been cancelled. Uh, an Amazon spokesman said this, We love the Lord of the Rings IP, and we're disappointed that we won't be bringing the game to customers. The Amazon team working on the game will be moved to other projects. <laughs> That doesn't sound like the comment from someone who's passionate about it. We we love the IP. We were looking forward to bringing it to our customers and we're going to move them on to another project. Yeah, we wish we could have done it, but oh well, let's move them on. Uh, so it's another it's another story in the long-running saga of Amazon Game Studios. Um, well, what would you call it? Problems in shipping games. They've not had a good run, have they? They haven't had a good run, no. Uh, they... Um... What did they do? They they closed down um, that game that no, that we that we didn't play. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but they closed it down before it launched, and uh, yeah, a host of other stuff. So, well, actually, it's pretty, it's pretty it was more complex, wasn't it? They didn't they launch it and then unlaunch it, unlaunch it, and then and then, then closed then it down it. before the second launch, which is yeah. sort of closing it down before launch. I mean, I suppose you could do that with any game that does poorly, couldn't you? You could just say, no, we've unlaunched it. We never actually released it. Retcon uh, that moment of failure, and I think they've they've cancelled a couple of other projects, haven't they? Yeah, uh, in development. None, um, I'd imagine, with uh, such enticing headline properties, though, as cancelling a Lord of the Rings game, would there? I mean, mm. I, you know, I'm going to throw to you, Steve, because I can't think of any. But surely, uh, yeah, what? You could, like go, go, go. <laughs> but I'm, That's why I'm I, no longer a journalist. So I was also reading that apparently they've spent about $500 million on the Lord of the Rings TV series that they're... Right. Um, that, that, and that's for one season of it. So um, that's just probably... The money they've wasted on this is probably a drop in the ocean. Next to that... Eurogamer writes, Vicky Blake uh, on... Sorry, Vicky Blake wrote this on the 18th of April. Today, headline, Days Gone writer says, If you love a game... You should buy it at full price. Uh, The writer and creative director of Days Gone says that players shouldn't complain if a game doesn't get a sequel. If they didn't buy it at, that he uses the F word, effing full price. In an interview on David Jaff's YouTube channel, John Garvin was asked if the game's debut on Sony's PlayStation Plus subscription service had sparked new interest in the title. I do have an opinion on something that your audience may find of interest, and it might, and he uses a P word here, it might pee uh, some of them off, Garvin said. Mm. If you love a game, buy it at effing full price. I can't tell you how many times I've seen gamers say, yeah, I got that on a sale. I got that through PlayStation Plus, whatever. Don't complain if a game doesn't get a sequel, if it, if it wasn't supported at launch. It's like God of War got whatever number of millions of sales at launch, and, you know, Days Gone didn't. Speaking for me personally as a developer, I don't work for Sony, I don't know what the numbers are. Um, So... You know, that's a point of view, isn't it? But I do, I, and, you know, I, I, of course you should support the games um, that you love. But the question about if you love them, buy them at full price is a difficult one to uh, to reason with, isn't it? Because you don't know if you if you love it until you've bought it, do you? Mm, uh, it's, it's asking you to commit quite a... Well, we've discussed this on the show before. What's the RRP... Of a big title these days, Simon? Well, on PlayStation 5, Steve, as we've extensively covered, it's $70. A lot to gamble on a game that you don't yet know that you're going to love. And discounts come so fast that you can hardly blame the consumer. Uh, the consumer doesn't feel like they have to be an early adopter to go in and, 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 and go hard at that thing based on a gamble that they're going to love it when they could be more sure that they're going to love it. Three months down the road, when the reviews are in, everyone's been saying how great it is, and it's 50% of the price. Well, and it's patched. Right, quite. You know, do you, you think about uh, the state that Cyberpunk la- launched in on some of the other high-profile games that have had issues um, at launch? Uh, you know, expecting... You know, I think I think it does require the, the games industry to, uh, to, to tighten its standards if it wants everybody to buy full price at launch. The other thing, of course, is that so Days Gone. I, I'm, I haven't played Days Gone, um, but I am going to buy it on Steam when it comes out uh, next month. I think. Um, I think it looks good. Um, I, I don't know if I effing love it yet, but um, <laughs> I'll be buying it on Steam. And if I don't effing love it, I've got. 
if I realise that within two hours, I'll be able to get my money back. And I think mm. that's that's a real difference between uh, those storefronts at the moment. Is that in that it's, it is hassle free to get your money back on PC digitally, whereas mm. um, on PlayStation, I believe it requires emails and phone calls. And on uh, Switch, it requires you to go on eBay and sell Monster Hunter. <laughs> I, I, I guess what David Jaffe's sort of like reaching for here is a culture more like um, the music industry where uh, people become fans of studios or even publishers and buy every release because they know they represent a kind of uh, quality or a type of creativity that they like. Um, But that isn't always the case with uh, game studios who often change very much the style of game from one game to the next. And yeah, you're, you're, you're gambling on an awful lot. I, I think people are more loyal to franchises, right? Like, certainly that happens with The Last of Us. People who love The Last of Us are going to go out and buy Last of Us 2 at full price. Um, but when you're talking about something that um, they're not sure of, $70 is a lot. A lot. And it doesn't look like Days Gone is going to become a franchise. Uh, I had another story. Oh, this is uh, this is relevant to that, isn't it? CG project, CD Projekt Red estimates over $562 million revenue for 2020, despite the troubled launch of Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, this is, again, from VG247, uh, Dom Pepiat. Um, so that's basically the story. Uh, I'm not going to break it down any further than that because the headline is, as is the case in many of these things, just repeated many, many times over the course of the next few paragraphs. It's a lot of money, though, Simon. Did you expect that? They could have got a little more if the game wasn't quite so cheap in Russia. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had my, I had my, I had my Russian friend over when I was buying Cyberpunk. It cost him uh, twenty quid. I really? Paid him. Yeah. Oh my God, David Jaffe's. <laughs> Furious at all of these Russian friends of ours. It was full price in Russia. Right, yeah. But if you didn't have access to so many Russian people, Simon, maybe Cyberpunk <laughs> would there be Cyberpunk 2078, which I'm sure there will be if that's the amount of money they have made. Um Yeah, so a lot of people at the time were saying this is a you know, this is a massive disaster. There's a lot of Schadenfreude flowing through the games industry, people saying it's gonna take CJ CD Project Red down, but that was never going to be the case, was it, with the amount they had sold at the start, even all of the refunds they had to do, uh, didn't really make a dent in that um, that amount of well, do, do we know that? Because didn't you say that they've estimated that money? I mean, I could estimate that money for me. <laughs> could you? <laughs> Does that mean I've got it? <laughs> um, yeah, it's extraordinary. I mean, I'd, I'd forgotten what a disaster it continues to be. Um, I saw some people talking about it this uh, this week because a new patch came out uh, this week or last week. What is time? Uh, but a new patch came out, which addressed a number of issues. Obviously, that's the point of a patch. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still can't buy it on the PlayStation Store. It's still You still cannot buy Cyberpunk. It was pulled and remains pulled. Really? Huh. Yeah. Uh, what about on the Xbox? Because it was also, uh, you know, difficult to play on the Xbox One, wasn't it? I, I, I believe so. I was playing it on PC, so I don't really mm-hmm. care about that. Right. And is it now much more playable on, on PC? I mean, it was fine. I, I played about an hour and a half of it when I started, and it was pretty much okay for me during that experience. That's pretty poor anecdotal evidence, I guess. Uh, but how's the patching on that? Have you gone back to it? 
No, I've, well, I've, I've finished it, haven't I? Um, and I didn't have any problems on PC. Now, I realise that that is uh, probably the exception, but my experience was absolutely fine. Had had a lot of fun with it. Um, but, you know, these... these I mean, yes, there, there were the occasional issues, right? But I think if you go into it uh, realising what it is, you know, a massively ambitious open-world game, um, those, uh, those bugs or those glitches... Are not unusual. Um, you know, I saw somebody was uh, was playing GTA Five uh, this this week. You know, a game that's what seven eight years old is it? Um, and uh, that's oh yeah, it was Johnny Cullen that was playing it, and um, he he tweeted out some pictures of a table moving, or like a table sort of following him him around right. and stuff. And so you know, all of these open world jitters. You know, I I I I, I think that some of well. In my experience, I didn't see anything that warranted the reaction that it got from PC players. Now, absolutely, um, you know, I saw some of the images of it on base uh, consoles, current last gen, as mm-hmm. they are now, consoles, and it did look shambolic. But um, on PC, I'm part of the, of the PC Master Race, Steve. Uh, it's, it's fine for our slot. Uh, it's safe to assume, it says here, that a lot of the money earned over the past financial year will be put to go- towards CD Projekt Red's mysterious other projects. At the end of March, the company announced it intends to kick off development of multiple AAA games starting in 2022. Um, I wonder how much they've learned from the hype cycle that drove uh, Cyberpunk. Um, because it sounds like it's been tremendously successful for them, but it was also that cycle that inflicted all of the pain at the end of the game's release, wasn't it? It took seven years for the game uh, from announcement, I think, to release to come out. Um, yeah. By the end of that, people were thirsting for it so hard that they had to put it out before it was ready. They've um, they've acknowledged that that uh, was a mistake. Telling people that it was going to be great so early uh, built up hype that they couldn't possibly match. Mm-hmm. All right, have you got another news story? Well, I think we can cover this one quite quickly, actually. Uh, it's from PC Gamer. It was from two days ago by Natalie Clayton. Uh, Square Enix has, de- has denied reports it's selling itself off, nor has it received any acquisition offers, the Japanese publisher clarified today. This week, Bloomberg Japan, second paragraph, reported that several interested parties were interested in snapping up the JRPG maker, citing two bank officials familiar with the situation. News of an acquisition seems solid enough that Square Enix's stock rose 13.8% on the Tokyo Stock Exchange earlier today. A few hours later, Square shot those rumours down with an official statement. No, the Final Fantasy company isn't for sale and nobody's approached with an offer. We do not consider selling off the company or any part of its business, nor have we received an offer from any third party to acquire the company or any part of its business, Square Enix said in a statement. Square Enix is for sale, isn't it? It definitely is. 100%. 100%. 100%. There we go. 100%. We'll be reporting that next week. Um, I'm I'm really tempted, Simon, to just go to Bloomberg right now and see what's <laughs> on there because it feels... Let me, let me just see. Bloomberg Games. What's that going to pull up here? Um, da, 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 da. If there's any news... For it. Yeah, it seems like this is where everyone's getting them. Uh, Tencent bets billions on gamers is the headline. Video game industry not as diverse as it could be. That's according to DePass. All oh, right, so they report from somewhere else as well. Uh, the problem is a lot of this is video, Simon. We can't compete there, can we? We can't. We can't read out video. 
Uh, <laughs> oh well, we'll <laughs> oh well, we'll rely on you know the middleware of uh, of UK game sites to do that for us. I don't have any more news stories, do you? No, we've got a packed show uh, this week, so let's uh, let's crack on. All right, thanks, Simon. One life left. Video game news with You're listening to uh, One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Um, you might, if you listen carefully, be able to hear the sounds of traffic in the background from my broadcasting hut in South London. Or you might be able to hear the sounds of birds tweeting um, from uh, Simon's Simon's broadcast location. Simon, I guess it's very rural. Well, I am in a garden. I mean, that is rural for you Londoners, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> I have to say, as I was commuting up to the shed earlier, um, the the house uh, two doors uh, two two doors down, they've got a trampoline and there were some kids jumping up and down in it. I did wonder if it would uh, if it would be if it would be picked up on the show. So I hope not. And if it does, just say the word Steve. Okay. You will <laughs> never hear from them again. I will do. Um, you will have been listening to a piece of music. Uh, you can find the name of that piece of music in the show notes you'll also in the show notes be able to find out the name i guess of the discord expert who we're about to have on the show well yes i was having a conversation with this expert i, I you know i often receive experts uh mm-hmm. into the house um every other weekend <laughs> and um i was chatting uh to this expert about uh discord um because as you know steve i've been trying to get 
a little more active on our social community. Mm. I still don't fully understand what's going on. And um, like even to the extent that uh, I, I saw on my phone that you had gone, oh, Simon never did finish that message. Now, I, it's true. I mm. was typing out a message on Thursday or Friday. That's how frequently I discord. Mm. Um, and presumably that was made evident to you, was it? That I was about to post something. So um, someone on the internet, mm. uh, a, a listener, asked how they could get on our Discord channel. And I replied, um, as I went to get the link, it said, Byronic Man is typing a message. So yeah, in my go. tweet reply, I said, you know, and Simon is ty- typing a message right now. So if you want to read what that says, uh, follow okay. this link. Well, Three people followed that link and joined the server. Okay, well there you go. I'm 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 clearly a draw. Um, <laughs> the issue with that message is that I wasn't sure who is on the Discord, and I was making a joke about someone in the mm. games industry, and therefore I decided to post that message on another Discord. I see. <laughs> Very good. So you are a bit of a Discord expert. That's exactly how you should do it. Well, I'm not as much of an expert as our next guest, uh, who is going to Steve audit our social uh, our Discord presence and hopefully give us some tips on on how we can be even better. So there's been a lot of talk about the One Life Left Discord, uh, and I'll admit I'm not the I'm not the experts that I could be, but that's about to change because we've just brought one in to talk to us specifically about the One Life Left Discord. It's Dexter Bonner, and hello, Dexter. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Would you Would you describe yourself as a Discord expert? Ah, uh, yes, Discord legend. Okay. <laughs> How does one become a Discord legend? Uh, you need to make lots and lots of Discord servers and like set it up uh, very very good and get loads of members on it. Okay, and who um, is that? Is it like a, an official presentation when you become a Discord legend? Oh uh, yes, there's there's a um, a whole celebration. Okay, well you very kindly offered to uh, tell us what we should be doing with our Discord channel, haven't you? Uh, yes, I have. Um, I'll take you on a guide. Okay, do you want to talk us through the One Life Left server as it stands then? Okay. Um, so you ha- only have four channels as a start, and that that's not good enough. Is it not? Why? Well, because, like, if you have 40 members, as you do, then you... Sorry, is, is, is 40 good? Uh, yeah, I, I guess 40 is good. Um, oh. But, um... You have 40 members and only four channels, so there's not enough place for people to talk. What are they going to be saying to each other on these different channels? Well, about your video games and the servers. So what you would normally have, because you're like a video game podcast. Radio show. Radio show. Um, you'd put um, your off-topic, which is like what they talk about video games and other stuff. You'd put, uh, and then you'd have a general chat, which people would have and talk about what the latest episodes of One Life Left and what's going on. And then what I suggest is you have a suggestion channel. Is that not what guest ideas is? That's kind of a suggestion channel, isn't it? Oh, yeah, but that's specifically to guests. So let's we have, have an idea brief, ideas. A brief, so like a suggestions channel could be like, update your website or whatever i don't know and you could have loads of people and people can uh suggest about what to do on the server uh you can also have because you've only got 
one voice channel. Um, and <clears throat> when you start to get more active members online, then uh, it starts to get overcrowded. And if you have like 10, 30 people talking at once, nobody's going to want to talk on your server. So you need general one, general two, general three, all the way up to like 10 maybe. Which one's best, general one or general 10? <laughs> I'd say general one because then you're very special. Okay. Now you're talking from experience because you've got your own Discord server, don't you? Yes, I have. What's that called? Uh, it's called um, it's called Vibe Check, I think. Vibe Check. That's okay. my most active one. Yeah. Right. How many uh, members do you have? Uh, about a thousand. Right. How did you get a thousand members? <laughs> you can add uh, like bots to your server, which I don't suggest you do. Because uh, you can add bots that basically, like, advertise your server on websites and stuff. Um, but if you... Uh, I don't suggest you do that because your server is specifically about one topic. And people that watch One Life Left will join the Discord server to see One Life... To talk about One Life Left. And if you get random people that don't even know what uh, the radio show is, then um, then it's just going to be really chaotic. But uh, for if you have uh, a Discord server like mine, you have um, loads of different channels and things about like every topic you could uh, imagine. There's about a hundred text channels right now. Right. Do you have a, t- a channel about One Life Left? Uh, no, that that comes under off topic. <laughs> are, are your bots talking to each other? Um. Well, you can set up custom commands, so you can like. Do a prefix. So right now, one of my bots has you type in a dash and then help, and it will show you all the commands. <clears throat> so you can do like dash and then advertise general one, and then it will say come join my general one, um, and uh, so people can join. Right. And to what end are you running your Discord channel for? What are you promoting? What? What's? What? Why have people come there? Well, it's got loads of channels about, like, you've got Fortnite, which isn't a good game, I have to admit, Uh, Minecraft, Call of Duty, loads of games, and you can, if you don't have anyone to play with, you can um, do the Dash advertise and say, ah, I I need some people to come join my Fortnite squad or my Call of Duty uh, squad. Well, but surely the wait time on your Call of Duty squad is six years. Oh, yes. <laughs> Given that you can't play it till you're 18. Well, yeah, I, I do not join the Call of Duty squad channels. I only join the Minecraft and Fortnite squad channels. <laughs> On your own server? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Okay. Um, do you want to just give us a quick appraisal of some of the some of the content that's on our Discord ser- uh, server? Um uh what do you think of steve vader's uh post here um well, no, so steve uh steve uh, the uh co-host of one life left he po- he's posted a picture of keith stewart there building a pc is that is that good content well yeah but that's not about one life left you'd put that in off topic and then or should we have a keith stewart channel oh yes <laughs> Uh, dedicated to him, yeah. Okay, let's have a look at the reviews channel. Um, last post here was uh, 10th of March. Stee mm-hmm. uh, says he gives um, Loop Hero 7 out of 10. Again, is that good content? Well, yeah, I think that you have a reviews channel dedicated to reviews. Okay, um, he's, but- given, he's given Jeff 7 out of 10, Iris and the Giant 7 out of 10, Infinity 7 out of 10, and that's it. But he's called the channel, he said folder. He's called it a folder. Right. <laughs> 
That that, that's a sin. <laughs> okay. Guest ideas then. Uh, Uppy started that off. Uh, he suggests Lucy Preble. Uh, well, yeah, guest ideas is also a good uh, thing because you can say dedicate it to people They because they will stop listening if they don't think that you're listening to them. Oh, okay. Well, given that the last post in the guest ideas channel was on the 13th of February 2020... Before all of this started, <laughs> do you think people have stopped listening? Ah, uh, I think that your channel has gone dry. Okay. There's there's nobody talking on it. Right. Also, I might have to point out that you're not even mod on your own Discord server. Uh, I think that is, Steve says I'm not allowed to be. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be trusted. Right, brilliant. Well, thank you for that, Dexter. Um, are we going to see you over on the One Life Left Discord? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll join it. But where do I find it? Because it's not on your website. It's not on any social medias. I, I, I honestly don't know how you find it. Ah. Okay. Um, has anybody made the joke uh, Discord or Dacord before? Uh, no. Because <laughs> I'm not 40. <laughs> right. Thanks very much for joining us, Dexter. Uh, yeah. N- nice to hear from you. You, you were going to contribute regularly, weren't you, at one point? What happened? Um, I stopped. <laughs> right. Uh, thank you very much. Bye. Simon, it's been a packed mailbag this week. Indeed, it has, Steve. Uh, Ed Jefferson writes, Dear One Life Left, Does the existence of Super Mario imply the existence of Sub Mario? And if so, what does it mean? Yours sincerely, Ed London. I mean, that's a deep question, isn't it? It's a really, really good question. I love that question. It's a bit funny, but it's also easily answered, right? Because didn't Mario get in a um, submarine in Super Mario Land uh, on the Game Boy? Uh, I'm going to say yes, he did, Steve. There we go. So (laughs) you're you're right to infer the existence of Sub Mario from that, uh, Ed, and uh, we can confirm um, and so can you. If you find a Game Boy emulator, assuming, of course, that you own the original cart. Uh, we had two more letters as well. What I really like this week as well is that our three letter writers um, got all their letters in today uh, in quick succession. So nicely organised in the in the One Life Left inbox amongst the spam. Hello team and hello SSG writes Robert Wells. There's some bizarre graffiti going up in Walthamstow. Sets of numbers in different hands with different pens, all in the form of two digits hyphen seven or eight digits hyphen seven digits, like, for example, 01 hyphen 272031610 hyphen 041514. Ruben Bins has been tweeting about this mystery since 2018, and there is still more appearing, but this week someone identified what the numbers are. They are serial numbers from PlayStation 2 and 3 models. So, clever people in your studios and amazing listeners at homes, what are these numbers for? Why write them on walls and what do you wish they were for? Pip Pip Robert. I'd not, uh, I'd not, I'd neither seen nor heard about this before, but that that certainly is interesting, isn't it? Super. Does it correspond with? Does it correspond with any of these games that Sony is delisting, or that will become un- unavailable for purchase soon? 
Well, I don't think... That's not what I got from Robert's letter. He says they're serial numbers from PlayStation 2 and 3 models. So they're actually from the... They're not from games, they're from... Uh, apologies, I, um, it was your reference to three letters this week that made me... I had to I had to open up my spam because I, I don't even... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, oh. so they're from systems, they're from hardware uh, models. And I, I guess from individual PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3 units. Whoa. So what must that mean? I have no idea, Robert, but it's really, really interesting. I do like a good ARG, though. Yeah, I'm just trying to... So who would have access to so many uh, hardware serial numbers? I mean, people who spend a lot of time in cash converters. Uh, you reckon it's them, do you? <laughs> I don't know. No idea. How much were they? Do they have a price next to them? Yeah, maybe it's a really inefficient way of selling PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3s. <laughs> I don't, I've no idea. I've no idea, but it's really, really interesting. If anyone has any ideas, please, please write us... Uh, send us an email. Let us know. Um, because, um, yeah, I love a good mystery. I'll just skip to the end of the um, third letter. And it's signed off by Zuba. Brackets, mm. hopefully not in the spam folder. So, so maybe that, maybe that's what... But I don't know what, I don't know how how my filtering on my Gmail works. Well, but, um, it, it's clearly... this Interestingly, like, both of us have the same email set up, right? So yeah. our One Life Left email gets forwarded onto our actual gmail accounts personal emails personal where we deal emails. with all our personal right. correspondence yeah so understand if you do write us an email to team at onelifeleft.com that'll go straight to my my cell phone it'll go straight it'll, it'll be nestling amongst all my personal email um but for you simon some of that gets filtered to spam so gmail is dealing with your email in a slightly different way to mine I'm going to report it, not a spam. I'm pushing that button now, Zuba. So please do email again. Yeah, um, I mean, it's th- a shame you didn't get to read this because it's, well, because of the content, very, very positive about well, you. Well, so um, you, you might not need to read it. Nah, oh, no, here we go. It is back. Right. <laughs> Zuba. Right. Sorry, do you, do, you, do you want to read this one? Sure. Uh, Hello team and possible SSG. Thank you for the radio show with Dominic Diamond. It was a brilliant experience. I'm looking forward to my handwritten poem by Dominic and the oral history put together in Darren's book. The episode got me thinking about the failures in bringing video games as a consumable show on TV since Games Master. Dyer O'Brien's Go 8-Bit lacked the energy and chemistry. Bad influences ironically too corporate. And Sky One's Gamesville was a cheap imitation of Games Master. Games Master was punk, and as Dominic said, a bunch of people having fun. Thinking about the formula, I think that viewers would rather watch good players play well rather than watching novices play badly, as in Go 8-Bit. I would watch a format like the Cricket IPL with elite and expert players drafted into a league and compete to be the eventual winner. Sprinkle in some celebrity owners and knowledgeable commentary for games journalists, and there you are. My question is, is there room for a video game TV show anymore, or is that ship sailed with the rise of Twitch and YouTube streaming? Love the show, Zuba. What do you think, Simon? Well, it's a, 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 TV's never well. TV's never understood gaming and is probably threatened by it at the moment, given that 
the competition for eyeballs, mm. um, they're losing with a, a mm-hmm. certain demographic. Um, and so, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because I, I show Kate, um, the Dave Perry, Dominic Diamond incidents, mm-hmm. uh, on Friday because she'd, she'd never seen it before. Right. Um, and re, rewatching it, it was, it was funny, uh, to see how, how little, well, sorry, how, how, uh, colloquial the industry was there, right? Kirk was, was the other person in the challenge. He's wearing a Viz Interactive t-shirt. So he's mm. advertising the company that he's working for. When, when Dave, um, complains about, uh, him having, about Kirk having an unfair advantage on a game that hadn't been released yet, Dominic says, but come on, you're a games journalist. And, and Dave Perry goes, I'm not a games journalist. I'm a marketing manager. Um, <laughs> and like all of that stuff was left in because like, I, I don't know, the, the, it was all like, I mean, it's such an out of context thing for anybody to say, but the games mm. industry was so small then full of characters that you saw over and over and over again that I don't know that it's, it, um, it's the sort of thing that, that obviously would have been cut from mm. a show these days. The problem is, is that they've never known how to broadcast it. They've always insisted that you marry um, gaming with celebrities, which oft- often just doesn't work in a in a in a traditional sense, and then, then just lost out to the rise of what was originally amateur streaming and, and commentating, which has now gone on to get millions and millions of eyeballs. And even when they do decide do decide to stream esports or tournaments, they're relegating them to. Uh, BBC Three, which is a channel ex- that exists only on the internet, so mm. you know, thereby saying, "Well, look, <laughs> we are broadcasting this stuff." Well, you're not because you're just—it's—it's it's just on the source that you can get it anyway. You know, it, games on TV are used to be quite prestigious to be featured on on uh, TV, and and now you know, games can get bigger audiences elsewhere. It, twice in the early 2010s, I was brought in by TV production companies uh, who wanted to know how to do games on TV or wanted some ideas. But the conversations always ended with... It, it was kind of a fait accompli. They, they they didn't want games on TV. And when the answer always involved watching people play games, their response was, no one wants to watch anyone play games, which uh, seems plausible from a, a, a TV point of view, but it's, it's been massively disproved by the rise of twitch uh which is you know a a huge company based around the idea of just watching people play games um which if you're watching the right person it can be super super engaging i guess especially in the context of of games so many games that exist these days where the experience of one person playing it is essentially unique to that person uh, they're going on an adventure which would be very very different to your adventure and so you're watching i mean who would have said that watching tv watching people watch tv would be as successful as gogglebox makes it um yeah uh, it's all based on the people you know the the people playing it and their experience um as much as the uh, initial piece of media that you're watching <laughs> watching be consumed wait, wait. Have there been many more video game documentaries? There've been a ton um, on the internet, but there aren't that many. Um, there aren't that many that have been have have sort of. I, I can't think of any that have really hit the mainstream. The, the 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 one that almost broke through was King of Kong, 
Um, well, that's, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of because because you you and I introduced it to a, a cinema club, didn't we? Oh, sorry, we were it was picked by the organisers and we were asked to introduce the film and um, we described it, you know, as a documentary that was. That, that, that didn't need any knowledge of the gaming industry to, for you to appreciate as this crazy human drama. Hmm. Um, yeah, I just wonder why there haven't been many more like King of Kong. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Did we do that? We did do that. <laughs> we did, yeah. Great. It's a great <laughs> night. <laughs> I mean, sounds, sounds plausibly like something we would have done. Cool. Well done, us. <laughs> Uh, so I, I mean, maybe I'm not the best person to ask whether there've been any more documentaries. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know. Uh, great. Thank you for all of your uh, letters this week. Please do keep it up, and please do keep sending your emails in to team at onelifeleft.com and Zuba. I've marked you not a spam. All right, so <laughs> so feel free to write any time. You said you were going to do that last week. No, well. I did it while I was doing it. But see, you might not remember. I told you this. You might not no remember idea. something that we did twenty years ago. But I often forget what I'm doing as I'm doing it. So yeah, fantastic. You're listening to One Life Left, probably. <laughs> so, what?
we are back. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Some more music right now playing in the background. It's probably from chipmusic.org. Thank you very, very much to uh, Phil, our undertaker. Also, undertaker, caretaker, under caretaker. Thank you very much to uh, Ben as well, who was our caretaker for very, very many years. And we still appreciate you as well, Ben. And we would love you to come back. Please, please, please do one of those pitches that you have been pitching in our, I assume, much derided Discord. We, we actually chat about Ben uh, during, during the Discord education earlier in the show. Really? I hope he, yes. I, hope he I think so, well. Steve. I mean, yeah. who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Um, right, we've done the we've done the news. I think we did the news. Can't remember. We did the uh, we did the interview, which I haven't heard yet. And we've done the letters, which means it is time right now on Resonance 104.4 FM for One Life Left's review section. Simon, what have you been playing this week? Well, Steve, um, yes, I mentioned it earlier, but Sony have said that they're shutting down the PS... P, PS3 and PS Vita stores um, in the next month or so. Um, And so I decided to dust off the PlayStation Vita just to make sure that everything was in order before the stores shut Mm -hmm. and uh, um, I lose access to uh, the ability to buy new content. Apparently, we will still be able to download anything that we have uh, previously bought. I see. It's assuming that you bought it digitally. I mean, I've got a load of physical games here that if I lose the cartridge, then that's that game gone forever. So anyway, but I, so I was all I was fully intending on just you know running through my purchases and all of that sort of stuff. But um, I didn't get that far because I uh, I charged up my Vita, mm-hmm. I updated the firmware. I thought, oh, let's just um, can I just remind myself of what everybody's golf was was like because. I do remember it very fondly on whatever I've played before. Um, mm. And, uh, yeah, so I fired that up. I've been playing nothing else since. Really? Um, I decided to start a new game again, uh, just to remind myself uh, of what was going on and make sure that some of the courses were a little more appropriate for my skill level. And, oh, my goodness, it's it's the best golf game. I love golf games, and this is the best one of them. Um, it's uh, it's a game which is cute, challenging, um, has huge variety in the game of golf in terms of the way that it mixes up the courses and the rules uh, that I've forgotten about. Loads of unlockables, um, and yeah, just a, just a brilliant, brilliant golf game. And so, if you have not bought Everybody's Golf on the Vita, and you do have a Vita, I'd encourage you to buy it now before you regret that decision after the stores are shut. I mean, I, I was. Uh, there's a version of this that has just released on Apple Arcade. So that's the only way to play that on iOS is to be a member of Apple Arcade. And everybody's raving about that, but I cannot see how it'd be better than this than the PlayStation Vita version. Is it Seven not is it not out on other platforms? I think there's a PlayStation yeah, I believe that there's a PlayStation 4 and 5 version, but not one that you can play on the toilet or in the bar <laughs> or while you're watching Danny Dies the Wall. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's just brilliant, just brilliant. Seven out of ten. All right, I've been playing um, a few games this week. I played a game called uh, Dorf Romantic, which I don't know if you've seen that on Steam. It's a hex game where you match hex tiles. Uh, it builds itself as a, 
sort of slow-paced, stress-free puzzle game. I immediately got stressed very, very quickly because I couldn't get the hex tiles to match perfectly and turned it off after 0.3 hours. Uh, I do think it's quite pretty and quite good, and I think it will get its teeth into me when it's finished. It's still early access at the moment. Um, played Rain on Your Parade. Oh yeah, I've seen this, Steve. It's, I, I was going to buy it on Switch, but then I realised it's free on Game Pass. So. Strikes me as the sort of game that you would have seen. Um, in fact, it strikes me as the sort of game uh, that you might have thought about publishing, because it is quite a clever game uh, and a good conceit. Um, in the game, you play a naughty cloud who wants to rain on people's parades. It's really good because basically the title says it all, right? Like, and gets across that kind of mischief that I assumed the whole game was framed around. Indeed, the first level, the tutorial, basically, you are this cute, and and it is a really cute game. Um, the graphical style is kind of cardboard cutouts. Looks really, really, really sweet. You are this cloud who comes in on... If you imagine a string suspending this cloud, the little cute face written on it, uh, and then you move it across this 3D scene, and you've got to ruin someone's wedding, and <laughs> and it's really cute and funny. You've got you know, and there's little achievements. You've got to rain on the bride and groom, and ideally everyone else. And it's really easy, and you've only got a certain amount of rain, and your rain meter runs out. You've got to try and rain on everyone before you run out of rain. Simple, effective. And, uh, yeah, charming and that kind of gentle mischief. It's obviously playing off the back of Untitled Goose Game, right? It's for that audience of doing harm, but not really doing harm. And then, um, so I'm sold on the mechanic and the atmosphere. And then I sort of moved through the world. I don't know, the the sort of tone started to slightly grate on me. I, I don't... I, I think we've talked on the show before about how I'm quite sort of like highly strung when it comes to texting game. I didn't find it as funny. Uh, I, I, I think it couldn't decide whether it was trying to be cute or parody cute. And uh, I find that like sort of line of we're doing something, but we don't really believe in it. So you can take this in both ways, like just quite grating. I didn't really enjoy that, but I was still enjoying the, the game mechanics. I got to level three, and in level three, you are raining on soldiers who are trying to defuse a bomb, and you've got to keep them away from the bomb, <laughs> and then you do it successfully, and the bomb blows up and blows them all up. And I was like, right. that, that is, is a, that's a naughty cloud. <laughs> yeah, it really that's is. Very naughty. I was like, that is a, I think, a misreading of comic mischief and the sort that I got into this game for. And then level four, you were raining on um, kids in a classroom, fine. At level five, I think, uh, you're raining, you're suddenly raining oil inside a firework factory that you're trying to burn down. And I don't know, I, I, I just didn't find it funny or charming anymore. I found it a bit annoying. And the game mechanic still is fairly interesting, but at that point it was a little bit finicky, hard to see what you were trying to achieve. So yeah, brilliant conceit. Um, I don't buy the narrative execution and didn't really enjoy it. Um, seven out of ten. However, it's one of the. Sorry, go sorry. On. What... <laughs> uh, I was going to say that it's um, 
It's a game that's obviously been created out of the title, right? And what's clear from what you're saying is that the title doesn't support a full game if you have to change the conceit so dramatically. I I agree uh, with the opening part of that. I don't agree with the second part. I think you could make a ton of brilliant, charming levels, but I don't think the developer's sense of humour is in tune with what I would like from this game. Okay. Um, I think you can make that game, and I think there's a lot of people who will like, will enjoy this game. But for me, uh, it felt cheap. Uh, that conceit, and I didn't enjoy it. Um, however, I also played Quomp. Have you heard of Quomp? I have not heard of Quomp. In Quomp, uh, again, I think it's a brilliant, brilliant setup. You play the ball in Pong. Um, and the ball in Pong, which begins being batted between two bats, you can do one thing, and one thing only. It's a single-button game. You can change the vertical direction that the ball is travelling in. That's all you can do. And you quickly begin by avoiding one of the bats, and then you fly out into space, and then you are moving around mazes with hazards in. Those hazards are pretty video game cliche, avoiding spikes, bouncing off walls, uh, bouncing through doors, collecting keys, then going through uh, you know, locked doors, that kind of thing. But it is brilliantly executed. It's a single button game, it's about two hours long. It has, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 different takes on that mechanic. Um, and then those bits get steadily more and more difficult. And then it introduces something new. It's never um, frustrating because the replay, uh, the checkpoints are really, really close to where you die. So you just keep trying these things. Eventually you get through it. Uh, if you love it, you can speed run it. I will never do that because I'm perfectly happy with a two-hour game. But I super, super enjoyed it. They have, again, super, super simple premise, but they executed it on it perfectly. Uh, and I loved it. I'd heartily recommend it. Um, seven out of ten. All Good. done. That's it. I think that's it. I think we are right up against it, Steve. Good. Um, I thought that was an incredibly professional and enjoyable show. Um, and... <laughs> And there is no point at that in that show that you could uh, you could go back and think that's two old men talking about video games that they can't remember. If you disagree, email us. <laughs> Team at onelifeleft.com. Thank you, Simon. That was super fun, as always. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, uh, residents. Yeah, and thank you to you guys for listening as well. Uh, it has been a fun week, and we'll try and spruce up the Discord. A little bit. <laughs> uh, see, see you, you next week. Bye. 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 bye, bye. <laughs>